Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic Grimaldi here with Street Talk Theology, where we take theology and bring it to the streets. It's always an honor to be here with you here in Street Talk Theology, flying solo today. You know, pray for Pastor Michael, my co-host. He's not been feeling good. He's been having some issues, you know, speaking. His, he's got a bad cough and things of that nature. So it's his, his voice is coming in and out. You know, he's got to preach and stuff down in India. So we want to keep him in prayer. But I'm flying solo. Again, hit me up at Pastor Grimaldi at Gmail. Street Talk Theology, an honor to be here locally and also on the Christian podcast community, where we kind of outreach this uh, program to other parts of the world. We're grateful and thankful for Andrew Rappaport and and, and those men of God there uh, on the Christian podcast community. You know, so I'm, I'm, again, like I said, flying solo. It's kind of the end of the day for me. Today's Friday. I do have a missions meeting tomorrow here at the church. And then obviously preaching on Sunday, and it's funny. I've been I've been preaching uh, through Genesis over the last. Oh, I'll be who knows how long I'll be in Genesis because I'm only ending kind of the night. Uh, I am ending the ninth chapter, I think, this week. So you'll probably get this maybe the week after or a few weeks down the road. But you think about the ninth chapter of Genesis. It's kind of you know after obviously the ark lands and 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 it's kind of the end of the noah narrative so to speak and and as we know i just wanted to speak about that a little bit if i may i think there's a lot there and then the first thing i want to glean from the noah narrative is that you know god uses his people i mean and, and i know that might be saying of course he does but but he does for for a certain period of time, I mean, God has got a people for a certain period of time that God's going to use them for his glory, us being responsible, so to speak, to the, to the call of God, the mandate of God. No matter what capacity that is in your life, God will use you. And then there's going to come a time when your time's going to be up. And in Noah's case, he was used by God. And then obviously after Noah, you know, we'll read about uh, the table of nations and the genealogies. And then the next man on the scene would be Abraham. So everybody's got, got everybody's got a strategic piece in God's sovereign puzzle, so to speak. And so this is the end of the Noah narrative, but there's a lot in that narrative, especially, I mean, there's a lot before the rains come, the building of the ark, Noah being a preacher of righteousness. While he's building the ark, people caught between two opinions. Do I listen to this Noah? Should I not? Do Am I more capitulating with the culture? And obviously, only eight souls were saved. So, um, and, and again, I in preaching through the text, in preaching through Genesis, you could deem, and again, we want to be only being speculatory here, 
you know, you could deem that there were people that were saying, you know, maybe the snow is on to something. Maybe there is going to be a, a full flood or rains coming to flood the earth, even though there was only a mist at that time. Some could outright rejected Noah, but some might have been contemplating, caught between two opinions. And obviously it didn't play out for them, for everybody else was killed in the flood, except for the eight souls. And then Noah gets off the ark, as we know. And then the first thing he does, he obviously sacrifices to the Lord. Um, and it shows a great thanksgiving sacrifice unto the Lord. And and that's the first thing Noah does. And then you see God implementing kind of a, a system about whoever sheds man's blood, by his blood men shall be shed. Uh, shed. So here's a a law coming into existence. God in his kindness spared the earth. And, and even though that there was still going to be sin in the earth, God said, I'm never going to destroy the earth by flood again. Kindness and the goodness and the graciousness of God through the Noah narrative. Uh, there'll be seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter. And then he tells uh, Noah's sons to be fruitful and multiply. And again, God kind of starts starts over and makes a covenant relationship with humanity, with the animals and, and, and the birds and with the human beings, obviously, Noah and the birds. Like I says, I, I want to be repetitive, but and this is the covenant he remembers, and and then he remembers it by this by this rainbow that he puts in the sky. And we we know how that rainbow's been usurped today by the LGBTQ plus and minus communities and things of that nature. But that rainbow was a, not that God has to be, you know, be reminded, but, but it's this beautiful picture of the artistry of God showing the world that God will not curse the earth again by flood. And this was the sign of the covenant that was given to Noah and obviously his family. You know, and then they leave the ark. And again, uh, we're winding down Noah's departure from the narrative, so to speak. Departs from the ark, as we mentioned, he gives thanks to the Lord. And then there comes a time where he starts planting a vineyard. He's a farmer just like Adam was. And then obviously there is a, a narrative instruction here where the Bible says that he became drunk and it seemed like he was passed out in his in his tent or in his home. However, they had structured that most likely a tent. And this is over a course of time, just kind of musing on this stuff, just thinking about it. And then we read Ham being the father of Canaan. So right away you get a narrative hint that something's going to be wrong here with Ham. Uh, because he's deemed as not really a son of Noah, but a father of the Canaanites. So that's a narrative hint that, you know, something peculiar may happen. And then, you know, he goes into his father's tent and he sees him naked. And there's an interesting thing. And I, I know that a lot of scholars talk a lot about Noah's drunkenness. And we know drunkenness is something that the Bible is clear not to do. The Bible is clear and it says, you know, be not drunk or wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. But the narrator in Genesis is not so concerned 
with the drunkenness of Noah as being deemed uh, something that he wanted to focus on. We have later theology, later scriptures that give us warnings of that. But what he focuses on was the sin of Ham in exposing his father's nakedness to his brothers. And I think that's a concept. And that's a concept that we may miss. Because think about this, in, in this light, think about if Christ wanted to expose our sin, say, to the Father, without the covering, we'd be in big trouble. And I think what happens is he hedges his bet a little bit, and he goes out and tells his brothers, look at dad, he's naked, he's drunk. And obviously the brothers walk back in and they cover their father, and that would be Shem and Japheth. And it's a picture of them almost Christ-like in covering the sin of their father. And basically, Noah, being the God's agent, so to speak, human agent, acting in a high priestly fashion, when he gets robed by his sons, not looking upon the sin, so to speak, it's not about what Noah did, it's really about what Ham didn't do. He went to expose his father's sin, and the Canaanites hated the people of God. And, and, and obviously there's a lot there, and there's just the, so much there that I can't explain. I mean, I could explain, but it would take me a lot longer than 20, 25 minutes to do so. But we do see the two sons of Ham, Japheth and Shem, covering their father, walking in backwards, and not looking upon their father's nakedness. And I want to make that application to what Christ does for his people, is he doesn't look upon, the, the father does not look upon our sin, but he looks at Christ, who covered us in his mercy, in his grace, because he's a good God. And I think a lot of times in our lives, we have to be careful as a people of God that we don't look at others without looking at ourselves. And by looking at ourselves and knowing we are sinners, saved by sovereign grace, I think if we realize that, we would realize that the people that we're looking at as sinners, we have to realize they need the gospel just like we have the gospel through the Spirit by God's grace. And it was because of Noah, who had the word of God building the ark, teaching his family rightly, being on the ark for about a year, maybe six months in the water and another five months or so, six months for the water to dry up, being the leader of that family, governing his family into to truth, where the whole world is being destroyed and the inhabitants of the, of the world, animal and human. And you think that his son would come to an appreciation of Noah being this, you know, the, the human savior, almost a type of Christ, right? That he would actually 
give his son, his father a pass and cover him up and not go say nothing to his brothers for all that his father did for him in teaching him, instructing him. But how fast Ham wanted to expose the nakedness of his father to his brothers. Self-righteousness is not a good place for any of us to be. Me first. So, you know, as we look at this narrative, we see then Noah taking on his high priestly function and cursing Canaan, the ancestors of, of Ham, and obviously blessing Shem and Japheth. And it's interesting for me that this is how the world is governed. Well, let me say that better. This is what we see a lot sometimes in the church. And so I want to make my thoughts clear here. We have to be careful, again, to be so judgmental, basically not taking the, looking for the speck in somebody else's eye without taking the log out of our own eye. And it's a great lesson. And at the end of the Noah narrative, that we have this gracious God is now going to bring forth Abraham, who's going to bring forth eventually the elect seed of God. And if you think back in the garden, I mean, God, God could have ended it right there with Adam and Eve, and maybe could have ended it right with, with Ham, saying, man, no, people just don't learn their lesson. But he's a gracious and he's a good God. And if you're in Christ today, it's only by grace you are saved, not in anything that you've done. And we live in, in a world today that is so, I, I know God has got a governor on evil that could only go so far. But we've seen man today, especially with all these shootings that's going on, these school shootings. I mean, we just, by the time you, this podcast gets on, this radio show gets on, it'll be a month or so past the school shootings where six people in a Christian school were murdered. It's just crazy where you would have people taking up more for the female who people say might be a male or whatever, of that community, transgender community, looking on that side of it than the people that were killed. That's the world we live in today. When you hear things like, well, you have to realize when somebody is born a female and they want to be a male, something's out of whack. Sin is prevalent in the world. And instead of focusing on humanity's sin against the holy God, we focus more on the person without looking in the inward, without asking why do these things happening? And in that case, especially in a Christian school. Now, again, I'm, I'm just kind of musing here. You know, when I'm uh, by myself, I implement a lot of different scenarios in, in what I'm speaking about, because I, I, I want to be able to culturally try to address some things. But self-glorification takes away from the glory of God. And that's what we see a lot in this world, is self-glorification. And again, I I reflect back on that school shooting because we had three nine-year-olds that were killed in cold blood and three adults. And you, you want to focus more on the person that would not accept 
their God-given identity. We live in a world that's gone bad, that can only be redeemed by the grace of God. Instead of Ham, again, wanting to cover his father's sin, he wants to expose it. And what the media is doing is covering sin where they don't have no right to cover sin. Only one can cover sin, and that's Christ and him crucified and resurrected. The woman, the 28-year-old woman that committed that horrendous crime needs Christ like I need Christ and you need Christ. And the picture of the, the picture of the two brothers coming in and covering the father's sin is a picture of only what Christ can do. That's the world we live in. That's why we need sound doctrine. That's why we need to preach Christ and him crucified and resurrected. It's a freeing message. It's a challenging message, but it's a freeing message that him, Christ, who knew no sin, became sin so that me and you can become the righteousness of God in Christ. And forgive me for being all over the map, but but there's so many things that 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 run through your mind as you're trying to get a message out to the people. We're thankful for the God that we are allowed by grace to serve. He's a great God, he's a good God, he's a sovereign God. And what he did for his people coming up and getting back into the end of the ninth chapter of Genesis. And again, where I started off was that Noah's time is going to end. And in our lives, there's going to come a time in our lives that we're going to pass the baton to the next generation. The question is, have you been, have I been responsible to the God who gives us every breath have we been responsible in our day? This is our day. It's not Noah's day. It's not Paul's day. They had their day. And believe it or not, we know from the word of God, they're going to be told, well done, good and faithful servant. The reason I mention all this is where I want to land this plane is that this is your time. Have you been responsible to the kingdom? Have you been responsible to this great and glorious God who owes you absolutely nothing, owes me absolutely less than nothing? Are we responsible and thankful, knowing that he has covered our sin? Are we out telling people about this great God in Christ? That's the challenge. Me first, you second. And none of this is easy. And nobody's... I'm not sitting on a, a standing on some high podium and and you know trying to say hey no 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 this is contemplation this is reflection on who God is and who we are have we been by grace covered in the blood of Christ and if we have are we telling people about it I want to close with the blessing and the cursing of Noah on his three sons. Then Noah awoke from his wine. He knew that what his youngest son had done to him. So he said, curse be Canaan, a servant of servants. He shall be to his brothers. And he said, blessed be Yahweh, the God of Shem. And let Canaan be his servant. And may God enlarge Japheth. 
and let him dwell in the tents of Shem and let Canaan be his servant. And Noah lived 350 years after the flood. So all the days of Noah were 950 years and he died. This is Street Talk Theology, where we take theology and we bring it to the streets. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org. Music